Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another mini-sode of Colton Classic Podcast. These are the short Friday episodes we bring you every week to tide you over until the new full episodes on Tuesday, where we discuss two thematically linked movies, one mainstream and one cult. I'm excited about this week's mini episode because it is my review of Sex Terrorists on Wheels 2019. This film is also known as Motorcycle Maniacs, that would be Motorcycle as one word, and then Maniacs, released by Darkside Releasing. This is a really interesting niche film. So I'm going to start off by saying I don't think this movie is for everyone. There are plenty of things that will horrify and offend uh, the average film or television viewer in this movie. But for those of us well-versed in 70s biker movies and spaghetti westerns and not turned off by really out there humor and disturbing scenes that are done tongue firmly planted in cheek, Sex Terrorists on Wheels is bound to be a blast. Now, this is the second feature film by Stefan Roof, who uh, cut his teeth on the Spain-filmed show, or rather movie, One by One, which was sort of a, a love letter to Spaghetti Westerns, uh, hence the Spanish film location and cast. Sex Terrace on Wheels is much more comedic. Uh, while it does have scenes of extreme violence and lots of rape and uh, cannibalism all throughout, very heavy-duty stuff, it is not a serious film. There's plenty of uh, witty humor as well as sort of uh, what we would call in the U.S. stupid humor, uh, which in the U.S. we love. So what makes this movie appealing? Because I do think it's an appealing movie. Uh, it would have to be a combination of the fact that the movie's very self-aware of how silly it is and how silly it's forebearers in a 70s cinema world uh, were, 60s and 70s. Um, I'm talking, of course, about things like um, uh, Hell on Wheels, uh, Hell's Angels on Wheels, Hell's Chosen Few, and uh, other films like uh, The Thrill Killers and The Black Klansman from 1966. Now, many of these movies also had a character actor in them by the name of Gary Kent. Gary Kent played many thugs and thug bosses throughout the 60s and 70s. And he's back here, but this time he's playing the good um, Vietnam veteran woodsman who lives and talks to the animals uh, out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. 
Now, it just so happens that the sex terrorists, the sex-crazed, murderous, cannibalistic biker gang, um, who is also curiously multi-ethnic, but hey, that's also straight out of the 60s and 70s, are uh, terrorizing anyone they come across. Uh, and they've stolen a bunch of drugs and money uh, from a, a, I was going to say a young drug dealer, but this drug dealer is really old and his uh, pregnant wife, who they both assault and murder horribly in the beginning scenes. In this beginning scene, we're talking some real gruesome stuff, such as uh, genital severing, uh, very medieval, although the effects are cartoonish and goofy, to say the least. So while it sounds hardcore gruesome, for fans of cult and horror cinema, I'm going to say that it's probably just light to medium gruesome. Uh, but this is, if you can stomach this opening scene, then this movie is for you and you will enjoy it. There's nothing else in here quite so uh, traumatic, although, of course, any instance of violence, cannibalism, rape is, uh, in the real world, very traumatic. Here, it doesn't feel that way. You're essentially getting to know these sex terrorist characters on a level sort of like a House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects light. They're terrible, terrible monsters, but they do have their own microcosm family that they operate on, and they each have independent personalities that you kind of get to know. Uh, however, these are not our only lead characters. As mentioned, you have Gary Kent as Ezra, the wise woodsman who prefers animals to people. You also have his good friend Benny, the tortoise, and you have his other good friend Max the dog, playing Max the Coyote, which cracked me up when the credits rolled. Um, as I always will say, there are spoilers here, but I mean, I don't think this movie is ruined by any spoilers. If, if it sounds like it's up your alley, give this film a watch. You can actually stream it right now for a 99 cent rental on Amazon Prime under the title Motorcycle Maniacs. Now, interesting thing, uh, director Stefan Roof let me know that the original title is Sex Terrorists on Wheels from 2019, but Amazon would not stream a film with that title, despite the fact that it is clearly, while there is plenty of TNA on display in this movie, it is not a pornographic film. Uh, Amazon needs to perhaps do a little bit more uh, research before they get all gung-ho about changing titles. But whatever the case might be, there are motor psycho maniacs and sex terrorists on wheels, so let's just assume that either title is appropriate. So there is another character who is the true protagonist of this movie, and that is Enyo. Enyo is played by Larissa Dali, and she does a great job playing this sort of mm, woman on a vengeance path, but also she's really our eyes and ears, our stand-in as a viewer. She doesn't do any of these terrible things. Um, she sort of is the good character, we learn, who has been wronged by her government, and she turns out to be a, a ranger of some kind. We don't really know if she was a Navy ranger or a Texas ranger, but one way or the other, she is some sort of law enforcement agent. And uh, she's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, so the uh, sex terrorists wanna kill her, and she is fleeing from them. And it's interesting that the entire movie, unexplained, she is only wearing a pair of boots, a uh, Mexican, um, what would you what would you call it, a, a tunic? I'm forgetting the name here. It's, it's gonna give me a brain freak. It's gonna come to me right after this, but that's okay. And a 
big stereotypical Mexican sombrero that says Mexico on it. Now, it's goofy. It is very, very goofy. And it's really just an excuse to have her show a lot of thigh and a little bit of bum throughout the movie. But who's complaining? Uh, she does a great job. She doesn't act self-conscious as none of the actors, men or women or otherwise do in this film. Now, for those of you who are not horrendously turned off by what I've told you about this movie so far, uh, it's interesting to note that the sex terrorists don't just terrorize women as many of their forefather films do. They terrorize men as well, uh, both uh, sexually and non-sexually. And that is sort of a sticking point for Lobo, their leader, who uh, thinks that that is what they should do regardless of sexuality. And he is played by Justin Henry, who does a very good job, has a nice rough voice and a full uh, salt and pepper beard here. Just a, does a good job all around. Uh, he's extra douchey when everyone else is smoking either uh, what looks like self-rolled pot or cigarillos or cigars, and he chooses a vape pen. Yes, that is true, true douchebaggery right there. I'm just going to say that uh, the biker gang's characters are all interesting, particularly uh, Moonshine, who is the Comanche warrioress, uh, who lets us know early on in the film that she is 164th Comanche, which is hilarious. Uh, she has a snake who is her brother. And of course, this is a wide, wide understanding or rather Caucasian misunderstanding of Native American tendencies. But it's played for humor here. Not, I would say, at the expense of Native Americans, but at the expense of people who claim to be Native American while sharing 0% of their culture and uh, minimal, if any, of their uh, DNA heritage. So she is a hilarious character who is uh, uses her snake friend to find water and uh, attack other people. And this snake, which is a coral snake, is mm, rubber and very clearly rubber. Uh, not even rubber in that they're trying to hide it. It is clearly just a rubber toy, except occasionally when it is crawling on the ground, when it is a absolute different snake. Now, this is just one of the bits of humor. There's some good lines in here as well. Let's listen to this bit early on from the film while uh, Lobo is trying to take a leak in the woods and he runs across the wise Ezra. Where'd you come from, old man? I live around here. You stay out here all alone? Oh, I have my friends, Benny and Max. You got a name, old man? They call me Old Ezra. How about you? I'm Lobo the Wolf. You're not a wolf, you're a human being. Well, Lobo the Great. What's so great about you? I'm the president of a badass biker gang. What biker gang? The sex terrorist. You've probably seen us on TV. I don't watch TV. You shouldn't call yourself a wolf. Wolves are nicer than people. Here I am trying to take a nice little piss, and here you are busting my balls. So, while it's stilted and odd, this is a very uh, good indicator of how the film plays. Everyone plays it straight, but they also uh, acknowledge through their actions and pacing and overreactions that this is tongue-in-cheek satire, um, really parody more than satire, although there are some on-point jokes, uh, including uh, 
lines like the cannibal saying, grab them by the pussy after our uh, horrendous 45th president here in the United States, who is on his way out and very gratefully as this podcaster feels. It is my podcast. I can say what I want. So should you see this movie? If you liked uh, films that really push the envelope of what you can tolerate in characters you follow on screen, like Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects, and you like spaghetti westerns and biker movies from the 60s and 70s, um, like Werewolves on Wheels, things like that. And if you like, mm, I'm going to say films like Jim Union's Birdemic. Uh, the difference is, is that Birdemic is funny because they're not aware of how terrible the film is, uh, unlike the sequel during which everyone is in on the joke. Uh, the, the difference here, of course, is that people are in on the joke. No one in the cast expects that this is an Emmy-nominated uh, serious feature. That's not what it's intended to be. I don't think it's what Stephen Roof or uh, co-screenwriter John Herndon, who did Frame Switch in 2016, intended. I, I don't think that's what they intended, and that's not what they made. What they made is sort of a parody, sort of an homage, and an all-around entertaining movie that happens to be fairly well shot. You can look at some screenshots and you actually feel like you're watching a very blown out, um, vividly hued Technicolor spaghetti Western. So give it a watch if this sounds like your thing. If it doesn't and you really can't tolerate the idea of watching people do horrible things to other people, no matter how cheesy and uh, goofy it actually is, uh, and we're talking things like fake leather patches being shown as scalps, uh, just covered in fake blood, things like that, then stay away from this movie. Uh, it's going to be too much for you. Otherwise, give it a watch. Like I said, uh, Dark Side Releasing has it. Get the DVD or just give it a 99 cent rental on Amazon. Uh, I think Stefan Roof did a good job here doing exactly what he set out to do. And uh, let's, let's reward people who make good movies that we want to watch. All right, this has been Nate Wyckoff with Colton Classic Podcast. I'm excited to bring you guys into the new year as we continue to grow. Thank you guys so much for being listeners. Uh, to play us out, as always, is All About Evil by The Chud. And if you guys really like the podcast, please, please, please write a review on your favorite podcast network, uh, especially Apple Podcasts, iTunes, those types of things really help us get the word out. And you guys have made 2020 a great year as far as the podcast goes. So it's nice to have these shining beacons of joy in this tough time. Thank you so much. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me. But what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.